you know, sometimes it's really hard to figure out what, you know, you want to talk about on a podcast, what your interests are. You know, I really like, you know, like Joe Rogan, uh, Theo Vaughn. Uh, I mean, I, I like the true crime genre. Uh, I've done a bunch of, of those podcasts and I enjoy that. Um, you know, I do sales training, communication training, persuasion influence. But it's like, what, you know, I've had this podcast for a few years and I've never really got it to a point to where it's done anything. And I think that's my fault. The lack of, of consistency, the lack of content, and it's just about making that effort to put it in. You got to be yourself. And if people, you know, and it's like I always said, I don't need everybody. I just need 10, 50,000. <laughs> So, I mean, I'm going to just talk about whatever today. So, last night, I'm going to start with this. Um, well, let me start with this. Subscribe. Find us on Instagram, TikTok, Duh Weekly Podcast, Jeremy Pale, J-E-R-E-M-Y-P-E-L-L. So, last night was the finale, the series finale of Better Call Saul. And whew, I really like that show. I love Breaking Bad. I love what they've done. Um, it was almost, to me, what it done for me, I'm talking in general, and I'll, I'll get into a little bit more specifics in a minute, but for me, what I got out of the whole entire thing was his total circle of life, per se, from Jimmy McGill to Saul Goodman and back to Jimmy McGill. And he could have done what Saul Goodman would have done, and he done it. He got seven and a half years, and he would have been out in five for all that crime and all that money, all that, all those things. But instead, he sacrificed himself for Kim. He made amends to Chuck. And he let the world know that he was the mastermind behind Walter White. And you kind of see that in a few episodes before when <clears throat> you have Saul and Mike talking. And he's like, keep an eye on this guy. And, and Mike's like, no, he's a fucking idiot. Keep an eye on him. So I think what this tells us is Saul Goodman was more of a part, bigger part, played a bigger role and Walter White's success than what we've really seen on TV. And he got that out of his system. But then he made he, he, he made the amends. I'm Jimmy McGill. But when you see him in that last scene with Kim, and he's in the prison, and they you know they're on that bus. This is when he's going. I don't know how much time it's you know goes in between. Excuse me, him on the bus, them saying better call Saul, better call Saul. I think that puts it in perspective just how famous he was, but I don't know how much time lapses in between the next scene. So you see him in there making the dough like he was at the Cinnabon, whatever, and if he's a fucking rock star. And he gets 86 years or 86 years, 87 years, something. And I was just, I was okay with the last scene it's almost like it makes almost I almost I'm about to cry right now. Thinking about it is it's all I think all he ever wanted was Kim. 
I'm not saying what they done to Howard. And if, if you listen, if you're even listening to what I'm saying, then you know what I'm talking about. You know, I know Kim <clears throat> setting up Howard Hamlin was more pushing that than, than say Saul. She liked it more than what she wanted to. She backed away. But I think her walking away from Saul or from you know, Saul, or Jimmy, whatever, Saul is what caused him to just go overboard the other way because he lost the one thing that mattered. Well, that's just one thing I wanted to talk about. This, this, but I think it leaves it open for, you know, better call Saul when he's, now you, get, you know, good behavior to be out in 80 years. I don't know. What'd you think about it? I liked it. I liked it. I mean, you got to end it somewhere. You got to end it somehow. And you either have to go down the blaze of glory and kill him. He gets off scot-free. And that would just be two Saul Goodman. Or you finally see at the end that him and Kim are reunited. Now, will they ever see each other again? I don't know. But it was Kim and Saul together. Because you never seen her in the Breaking Bad. So you, I thought they'd kill her off. I really did. I was so worried about that. But I think, I mean, I think I would have wanted Saul to get away. Him and Kim run off with millions of dollars down to the fucking Bahamas. I would have been okay with that. I never did really like Hank Schrader and Gomez. I, I would, I, what kills me is that they fucking push the line, push the line, push the line. And they get what they get in the end. I mean, Walt done everything he could to keep him from getting killed. I don't I don't feel that Saul was responsible for that. You know, maybe he helped him get away, maybe he helped him hide his money, whatever. But I don't know, it's just the end. It's just kinda sad. I I do like I waited for years for that between those seasons. I don't know what it was, season four to five, five was that was there six seasons, five? I don't even know. Good season, good series, buddy. We'll be right back. I'll tell you something else. Uh, we're back. I'll tell you something else. You know, we mainly talk about like, you know, sales and, and sales training and communication because a long time ago, you know, I got into sales when I was about 12 with my uncle and I've told this story before, the, hey, did you know them story? And it's really what I live by. And I know sales people are, are, are there to service, uh, serve a need to, to you know, fill a void of some kind of a customer is looking for something, a particular item or service. And, you know, how can I help? How can my service help? How is my product helpful? I think all that's, I mean, yes, it's very important, but man, you really have to, I mean, because in the world today, you got to remember this, they can really go anywhere to get that product, that services, that need. They want that personal touch. They want to, uh, to laugh or, or want to feel they have something in common with you. They want to feel like they can trust you. They want to feel like that you're a friend. They want to feel comfortable. Give a fuck what your product does or what your service does. That product is everywhere, sold by many thousands of fucking people. 
why are they going to buy for you? Oh, because you figured out it services a fucking need or it serves this or it's going to do this for you. It's going to do that. Fucking bullshit. Know your product. Love your product. Stand behind your product. Don't, you don't want to, I'm not saying you sell someone something they don't fucking need. Sell any, an air conditioner to someone that's homeless. But my point is, you ha- must find a level of, oh my God, you've got to find a level of, to be able to, com- to compare to yourself to them. They've got to be comfortable with you. You're not going to have a guy in, in, in overalls or blue jeans, vice, vice versa, in a three, wanting to talk to a guy in a three-piece suit eating caviar or vice versa. You, they're just not going to feel long. Now, you can be dressed, and you can be dressed nice. I'm not saying you got to dress the same mimic them because the bottom line through all of this is you got to be genuine in everything you do. But you've got to figure out a way to get your foot in the door. And I'll give you a good example. Car sales are some of the hardest fucking customers to deal with. And I'm going to tell you why. Because over years, the car dealership and the car salesman have developed such a fucking shit-ass fucking reputation. And there's two reasons behind this. One, and I'm going to tell you the reason the customers feel this way. Because the dealerships are fucking retarded. They tr- so, Sorry, ignorant. They treat their sales staff like shit. They treat their customers even fucking worse. And there's nothing worse than being treated like a fucking idiot. Like a fucking idiot. If they treat their staff like shit, what do you think they're doing to the customers? So over the years, you know, they had rain over all this shit up until the internet and people started pulling up the curtain. And they're skeptical. I swear to God, as a car salesman, I've done it for fucking years. As a car salesman, you can walk up to someone and genuinely ask them, what their favorite color is and their answer is going to be I'm just looking it's going to be I'm it's anything to push you away because their walls are up you're a fucking scam artist you're a piece of shit they want nothing from you and the dealerships have let this just fucking myth just perpetuate on and on and on Salespeople are not your enemy on a car lot I had a guy, and I told the salesman, sales manager one time, a, a car had pulled on the lot. And um, he immediately wanted me to go after it. And I said, I'm not a dog. I don't chase fucking cars. Let them settle in. Let them pull in the parking lot. Yes, we're not going to just let a customer go if they're a possible buyer, if they're real serious. But I'm not going to run their fucking car down. That, that just leaves a bad taste in everybody's mouth. And they don't want professionalism. They want somebody to come in real quick catch somebody, turn them over to the manager, sell their friends, sell their family. They don't want a sales professional. They don't want to put in the time to train them. They don't want to put in the time and the effort. And like I said before, any salesperson, and I'm speaking on about a car lot, that is on a a car lot or a specific dealership for three years, he's got return business. He's got 30% more sales than anybody else and doesn't have to fucking stand up out of his desk. And that's just the bottom line. Why would dealerships not want 80% of their staff at three years plus, that's boosting their sales by 30% across the board. And they're not even spending a dime on advertising, spending a dime a, a fucking a training or any of this shit. It's free money. It blows my fucking mind how terrible these dealerships treat their salesmen. 
I mean, you're fighting an uphill battle. So, you know, for years, when I would be, when I would see someone pull on the lot, I would look at what they're driving. I would look for bumper stickers. I would look at their body language, how they're dressed, who's in the car, how they interact with their wife, their kids, everything to get a read on somebody. And I would make a joke. I'm just looking. Well, good, because I'm honest. I swear to God, I didn't feel like selling anything today. Or yes, I mean, whatever. But don't come at it like, okay, thank you. Or I'll be right over here. Or, or, or if I can help you with anything today, how am I help you? Can I help you? No. Fuck, fuck off. You got to start with something. You see a guy pull in in a truck. Maybe he's got a couple of stickers for, you know, deer. You see, that you might be a hunter. Maybe you see something on the tag. You see a little fish. Maybe he's a fisherman. You've got to figure out what this motherfucker likes. And he's got to see you as a peer, not as a threat. You see the truck pulling. He's probably going to like this truck. He, he, he loves it. He thinks it's nice. He's got a fish. Be like, hey, man, I seen you. Man, that's a beautiful truck when you pulled in. I seen you had that little sticker on the back, uh, trout fishing. Uh, you ain't never been up to the White River uh, trout fishing, have you, in Arkansas? I mean, I know it's one of the better spots. I Either he, no, he hadn't been, but I've been up to, I just went to Chattahoochee up here. I just got off the lake. No, I, do, I don't even fish. I hate fucking fishing, but I like to hunt a deer. I like to hunt groundhog. Well, a groundhog, whatever. I don't give a fuck. If you hunt, you know what trees look like and land is. My, oh, hunt, I'll tell you what, man. I, that's, I live out here. I got 60 acres out here uh, off of fucking exit 36. Man, there's all kinds of hunting going on out there. Shit, anytime, you know. You want to come out and hunt or any, whatever. I'm just saying, make a conversation. And I'm not saying word tracks to be specific. I'm just saying, find something that's going to get your foot in the door. Because I'm going to tell you right now, when you're approaching somebody, you've got seconds to figure out a way to get your foot in the door. Or they're going to, they are going to tell you to fuck off. And what are you going to say then? Somebody comes in on a beautiful Saturday, pulling on the lot. You approach. Hey, guys, beautiful day out today. What do you think? I'm just looking. Oh, well, because that's not a fucking answer to my question. So, no, I understand you're just looking, and that makes perfect sense to me. But let me ask you a question. What do you think about this beautiful day? Oh, that weather's nice. Well, I know for a fact you don't want to spend your beautiful Saturday on a car lot unless you fucking had to. I sure as hell wouldn't want to. I tell you right now, I don't want to be here, so I fucking know you don't want to be here. Ha ha ha. Whatever. I'm being, I'm just saying. He cusses, you cuss. Unless you just don't. You want to be more, you're not wanting to speak words he doesn't understand. You want to be on his, I say his or her. I'm not, I ain't worried about that. Man or woman, doesn't matter. You've got to figure out, and this is what I call the approach. I'm not meaning approach like, hey, sorry about that. I'm, I'm really bad at editing. I really don't edit anything. I just go on here and talk. So what I'm talking about is what I call the approach. And we've been talking about getting on the same level of people, man, woman, you know, and I'm just giving you examples of things to look for, bumper stickers, they have a Bible in the car, their language, their body language, how they treat their kids, how they carry on, their likes, their dislikes. And, and, you know, politics, religion, those are things that you definitely want to stay away from. 
because they're polarizing and would blow a deal because people are very strongly about these things when they do believe in it, believe on them. So you had some, maybe a Trump supporter say, you're not a Trump supporter. You better not fucking mention it. You're fucked. He ain't gonna buy shit from you. I don't give a damn what kind of deal you have. I don't care how if you're, it tickles his damn balls when he buys it or tickles or t- nip titties, whatever. I'm just saying. But if you can get on common ground, then by God, that bond is strong as shit. You get them talking about, go, let's go, Brandon. They start chanting that shit and they get out of the car. <laughs> You're like, fuck it. Whatever. And if you don't believe that way, then don't talk about it. It could be a deal breaker. But if you can at least dig down deep enough to find some kind of common ground there, uh, that your goal there. But I'm talking about the approach. Look, be looking. And if you got kids, man, that's great. Start with the kids. You de- you definitely want you don't want to ignore anybody. You don't want to walk up to the husband if you think he's the main guy. You don't want to walk up to the wife if you think she's the main lady. You start with the kids. If they got kids. Play with the kids. Show the kids some interest. Then work your way up. Greet. And speak to everybody. Find common ground with everybody. I got a boy that age. Boy, let me tell you, taking him in, it they're gonna understand that. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna agree with that. They're gonna feel your pain because it's their pain. You find common ground with everybody: children, wife, husband, two wives, two husbands, whatever. Don't give a shit because. The sweetest sound to anyone's ear is the sound of their own name, their own voice, their own thoughts, their own egos, their own pride. They're the smartest. They're the best. They are this and that. Yes, yes, they are. Stroke an ego because you shouldn't have any pride as the salesperson. Find what they like. Find what makes them who they are. And be as close to that genuinely as you can. I don't want you to be fake. You can't go in there and be fake. You've got to be genuine about every bit of it. Genuinely, you're making them laugh. You're making them buy. I don't give a fuck. That's just it. They can get the product anywhere. But guess what? They can't get the product anywhere with you selling it. Because they only can get you where you're at. So when I say approach... This is the approach you see, whether it be a car pulling into a car lot, whether it be a man walking into the, sh- a woman walking into the showroom, furniture store, appliance store, uh, stereo store, satellite store, sex store. I don't give a shit. Family, one, two, three, five, ten. Look at them. Get a read on them. What's the, what's the hat say? What's her shirt say? What kind of purse she got? kind of shoes the kids got on how are the kids acting are they well-mannered they're crazy as hell the parents pay any attention to them these are things that you quickly as you're walking toward these people have got to be going 100 mile an hour in your head trying to figure out what type of people these are what it's going to take to get your fucking foot in the door on that first impression and how you're going to tear these fucking walls down that they have up because they're on guard and always remember, they love themselves. Because you can scold somebody, and they could be 100% wrong. You can correct somebody, 
And they can be 100% wrong, and they can know it, and they can admit it. But as soon as you walk away, they're going to figure out a reason to justify why you shouldn't have fucking said anything about it, and why you're wrong for doing it. Remember that. The approach, the approach. You want to become as close to them as you can. You want to get them comfortable, get them talking, get them to letting their guard down. You know, and, and I'm not saying this is the whole process. This is just the process of you being able to get your foot in the door, of you being able to make a friendship. So then, once you've done that, you're able to start finding out what those needs are, what, the, what they're looking for, what you can provide them in your industry that's going to serve a need. It's going to serve a purpose. It's going to serve a want. I'm not saying this is the only part of the job is to make a buddy, get him laughing, and you can just sell what the fuck ever. But this is the first part of the process. Remember it. I'm telling you. I call it the, hey, did you know them? Because I'll tell you, I'll give you an example before I go, and we'll make this a short one. I was talking to a gentleman at a car lot one time. He, he come in just to register for free with something they were giving away. And I talked to him, and I talked to him enough to know this guy wasn't buying shit. And he just wasn't buying shit, didn't need shit, didn't want shit, had a bunch of Mustangs at home, had this or that, didn't need a fucking car. He wasn't going to buy a car, give a fuck what I said. But we talked, and we talked, and we talked. And at the end of our conversation, he left. You know, I got his number, whatever. Uh, but we had found some common ground on some old Mustangs and started talking. And you dig until you find it. Dig until you find it. You'll find it, I promise. And so when I left, one of the salespersons was like, uh, hey, uh, did, you know, did you know that guy? And it, I'm telling you, it's universal, man. I was like, no, I don't know that guy. I just fucking met that guy. But we talk like we've known each other forever. That's the hey, did you know them? And I'm going to end with this story. When I was 12, I'd go on heat and air estimates. I tell it all the time. My uncle would go in, and I swear to God, every time I went, the question I always ask him when we left, because he sold it all the time, but was, hey, did you know them? Because I knew in my heart, and I felt in my heart, it was such a calm, cool, uh, dynamic conversation that it was comfortable. And I could just, I mean, it's like you are, he already knew them. Like, I mean, it was crazy. So, think about that. Everybody you talk to, have you done enough that when you walk away, that if anybody was watching your conversation, would they ask that question? Hey, did you know them? This is The Weekly Podcast. <laughs>